Hey, it's Misty and Liz. We're two women who don't know shit about literature, but we love to hang out and talk about the books we've read. And everything else on our minds. So get cozy, grab a drink, and let's get started. So what's the name of this book, Blair? This book is Clara and the Sun. Oh. By, I didn't even write his name down. Is it? Kazuo Ishiguro. Have you ever heard of him? No, but you've spoken highly about his books. He's real smart. He is Japanese born, but he was raised in England. And he actually won the Nobel Prize in Literature in 2017. And he was knighted. So he's a sir. Okay, so I feel super inadequate. Right. And mm. that's kind of how his books make you feel. Oh, but yes, but please. <laughs> Turn us on to this book. Okay, well, so I read Claire and the Sun. That was his latest book. His books are very critical thinking. So he's like, here's this idea. And he kind of shows you all of the things that happen with it. And then you're kind of left to decide if it's ethically, morally right, what we should do. And there's never really an answer. They're very leftover, open for interpretation. Okay. It's very much a deep thinking book, but is really good if we would have done this book together because there would have been a lot to talk about. But reading it by yourself, you kind of read it and then you close the book and you're done. Okay. You know? Right. Okay, so this particular book, Clara and the Sun, is told from the perspective of Clara, who is an artificial friend, and she's solar-powered, and it starts with her in the store waiting to be bought by a child. I'm already really interested in this. I know. It's a really weird perspective because she's a robot, but to call her a robot would be doing her like a disservice. Okay. They I don't think he really ever describes what she looks like, but in my head she looks like a regular child. So it's kind of like borderline like human robot thing. <laughs> in my head she looks like the maid from the Jetsons. <laughs> Rosie? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I tried to name I named our um vacuum cleaner. What's that thing called? Uh circle thing? <laughs> yeah, I named our circle thing that. And then I changed it to Dobby, who's the house elf from Harry Potter. You know. Oh <laughs> <laughs> okay. So this little girl, Josie, eventually comes in. And right off the bat, Clara can tell that she walks a little bit differently. And her mother's kind of a little bit more worried about her than all the other kids. And she ends up being bought by Josie and her mother. And goes back to Josie's house. And you find out that Josie is kind of sickly but that she's lifted, and that's just pretty much all they say. And I actually had to Google it, and like near as I can tell from what people on the Google say, Mm -hmm. it's genetically modified. So it seems like in in the world that this takes place in, it's the future, but it's not really too far ahead in the future. Cause they still drive cars, there's like a day when they go hiking, and there are things that seem very familiar, but then there are things that do not seem very familiar They at don't all. fit. <clears throat> right. Okay. So she's lifted, and her friend down the street is not lifted, and his options seem to be very slim. But hers are wide open, and I'm not quite sure if her being sick has to do with her being lifted. This whole book is, is very open to interpretation. So there's a big twist in the book and because this is a blurb episode I don't really want to give away the twist to it but um the the sun does play it's the book is called Clara and the Sun because Josie is solar powered she thinks that the sun has healing powers 
And there's a point where Josie gets very sick and Clara almost makes like a, it was almost like a religious ceremony offering, praying to the sun to heal Josie. And it works somehow it either it's, Mm -hmm. you know, coincidence or, Mm -hmm. or what, but the whole book is, I don't know. It's kind of crazy like that. And at the end, Josie ends up going to college and Claire is actually brought to a dump and she's allowed a slow fade is what they call it. So at the point of her being in the the junkyard, she can no longer move. I guess it's like, you know, when a battery runs out, it can only be recharged Mm -hmm. so many times or for so long. So she can no longer move anything but her head. And she's kind of reflecting on her thoughts in the junkyard and the, the store owner from back whenever, before she was bought comes around and she's like, Oh, Clara, is that you? And she sits down and has a conversation with Clara and she had been collecting junk, but she doesn't pick up Clara and take Clara home. It was all just, it was all just really sad. So when you read the book, I was very interested in the story. I wanted to keep reading the book, but then at the end, it just ends like that. Like nothing really culminates and happens. It just ends. So when I put the book down, I was like, ugh. I'm very three, sad. Right. It was kind of depressing. I was like, ugh, like two, three stars. But then I thought about it some more, and I'm like, this author's. And I hate to do that. I hate to be like, well, the author's good, so let me right. give it more stars. But I'm like, the author is so well-known and such a deep-dive, critical-thinking author that there's more to the story. I just need to think about it more. So I actually read this book probably a month or so ago, and it stuck with me. And I've been like, oh, yeah, that part of the book. So as I've kind of, like, marinated on the book, it's gotten better. Okay. You know what I mean? It's kind of like cooking a gumbo, and the next day tastes better. Yes. Because everything can kind of marry together. Yeah. Exactly. So it was was a very interesting book. So if you're – if you want – a surface book, this is not it. This is very much a deep dive. I was also extremely busy when I read this. So I took the time out of my busy life to read it. And I was very disappointed at first. Mm-hmm. So I think it was just, you know, it was the right book for the wrong time in right. my life. But it was, as I've thought about it more and kind of read some articles about it, I've been like, oh, actually, this book is really good. And I've read some of his other books. I didn't even realize I had read Never Let Me Go which is a pretty well-known book of his. That one's also, so the point of Clara and the Sun is, is like, what's the dividing line between artificial intelligence and human emotion? Because Clara, artificial friend, Mm -hmm. picks up on human emotion better than humans do. Right. At some points. So it's like, where's that dividing line? And where is it okay to kind of toss things aside like that? But his other book, which was very similar to that, is Never Let Me Go. And you're told about this one girl pretty much her whole life. And at the end, you find out that she's basically only alive because they cloned her to use her organs. Oh, gosh. So it was weird because she had gone to school and done all these things. And she's taking care of her friends who are also supposed to be organ donors. And that's another, like, how do you draw the line between... Yes, you're a clone, so you weren't grown in a human body. You're not conceived by God, mm-hmm. but this is a real thinking, moving person, so why is it okay to take their organs? Right. He's real smart. He's yeah. a lot smarter than me. He thinks a lot deeper than I do. So his books are, are good, but they are definitely thinkers. It reminds – this could be one of those – what was it? 
Remember that Netflix show, Black? What was that? Black Mirror. Yes, this reminds me. It's like it could be like a Black Mirror episode. It kind of can because those are also like you need to take a step back and look at what's going on in the world and is this okay? Right. It's very morally challenging. Do you remember the movie Her? Remind me what it's about. A guy. It's kind of in the future. He has a little an AI computer that he little program that he bought on his on his computer he ends up falling in love with her i never watched it but okay. i do remember seeing the the previews of it and wanting to watch it, it i've seen it a couple of times and it's 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 kind of the same thing where there's this fine line between what is real and what is not real and if you cross it into you know what is not real like the emotions are still there right yeah oh, that's interesting so i thought it was a, a really good book if you're willing to think a little bit more critically about it looking for a podcast all about nerddom want a podcast with an emphasis on representation the nerd alternative is the podcast for you join me ram me hassan and me levi three black british nerds tackling the pop culture we love and sharing why we love them the nerd alternative a sweet melting pot of all things nerdy Kind of along those same lines, I also read another, I'm going to put quotes around robot book. I actually read this one before, but it kind of flows in really nicely to Claire in this one. The other book that I read was called A Psalm for the Wild Built by Becky Chambers. This book is a short, little, cute, heartwarming read. I think it was just shy of 150 pages. I read it in like a weekend, which I'm not a big weekend. I've got a lot going on. So I don't read books in a weekend like Mm -hmm. other people do. I actually picked it up because it had just the cutest cover I'd ever seen. (laughs) Right. (laughs) So, but this book is supposedly takes place like centuries after the humans have made artificial intelligence and the artificial intelligence has taken over factories. They're basically doing all the humans work and they have developed so much that they decide they no longer want to be part of our world. And there's an agreement between the robots and the humans that the robots are going to leave. And there's going to be like, this land is robot land and this land is human land and you're not supposed to cross it. So they've kind of done like a mass exodus away from the human land. But they're still on Earth. They're still on Earth, yes. At this point, there's a monk named Dex. And this is the only hard part that I had with this book. This is a they book. This is the first, the pronouns okay. are they, them. Mm-hmm. So I didn't realize that the first couple pages. So I probably went back and read the first three pages four times. Trying because to- I was trying to figure out who the other person was. Right. But it was just that one person. I see. So once I figured that out, it it wasn't hard at <laughs> all. I was just super confused at first. So Dex is a monk, like I just said. And he realizes that there's something missing and because he lives in this human world and the robots have taken over kind of like the wooded land he doesn't hear the sound of crickets and he's done research and he really he's like listened to audio of different types of crickets and he they I keep doing this they want to go to a place where there's crickets so they set out on this journey and it's kind of one of those the tale that we've all heard before, that journey of finding yourself mm-hmm. and finding meaning within you and finding your purpose. Right. And they find that. They become a tea monk, which is 
a monk that's supposed to just listen to people's problems, almost like a therapist, listen to people's problems, make them a tea, let them feel heard, and move on to the next person and just kind of take care of everybody and be that ear, like a friend. Right. So they're really good at this. They're invited to a bunch of events. They're very well known. Their schedule is completely full every time they go to a different place. But yet there's something missing. There's still something missing. So they decide to go off into the woods and try to find the crickets again. And it is a little meet cute where he meets this robot named Mosscap. And Mosscap's kind of on the same journey as a robot. He wants to know what do humans need. So, and it's that thing where one of them reluctantly befriends the other one. <laughs> it's you like, know, go away. What, exactly. Yeah. So it was just, it's a tale you've heard before, mm-hmm. just told in kind of a different way. And it's very heartwarming and fun and quick read, like I said. So I really liked that one too. So right off the bat when I finished that one, I'm like, oh, four stars. I liked that one a lot. And I didn't do that with Clara because it was a lot harder. There was a lot more that you needed to marinate on with that one. Let's see. Well, it sounds like they're two completely opposite books, but kind of like boil down to kind of the same Yeah, it's weird because they kind of flow together in a nice way. But Ishiguro's book is obviously a lot darker and... A Psalm for the Wild Bill is written by Becky Chambers, who is apparently a really well-known science fiction writer. And I don't read a whole lot of science fiction, so I didn't know that. She actually won a Hugo Award for her Wayfarers series, which a Hugo Award is like the premier science fiction award. Oh, you don't know that? You love science fiction. No, I like magic. Science fiction is a lot different. I did like Ender's Game. I I liked Ender's Game. So there's that. Is that one science fiction? Yes. Okay. And then um, Ready Player One. Right. I liked that one. That That one one was was narrated by Will Wheaton, who was also on Big Bang Theory. So I was like down for it. Well, I read the books. I don't know know nothing. I don't know anything about Will. I do like Will Wheaton, though. He was, remember, he was on Star Trek. See? Yeah. Science fiction all around. I was looking on Goodreads about A Psalm for the Wild Bill, and Tim gave it four stars, and he said, I've been struggling recently. I've been fighting with depression and overall just feel like an anxious mess. This is a book where where serving tea and listening to people can be amongst entire duty. This is a book about relaxation and taking things slow. It's not the book to go to if you're looking for excitement. In fact, it seems designed to always be calm and keep the reader away from anything that could possibly make them anxious. It's feel-good science fiction, and right now it's just what I needed. So it seems like this book kind of just lifted this guy's spirits. and That's awesome. That's an awesome review. I know. I thought so, too. As for the author of A Song for a Wild Bill, Becky Chambers, oh, she seems to be very private. I couldn't find her on Twitter or Instagram, and a lot of her bios kind of repeat the same thing. Like, she grew right. up on the West Coast, and she traveled a lot, and now she and her wife have settled down on the West Coast again. Yeah. So, she just seems like maybe she didn't want everyone knowing what she's doing. She just likes to write books. Well, good so, for Becky. And that one's actually the first book in a series called Monk and Robot. So there will be more of those. So I'm pretty excited about those because they're just so cute and easy yeah. to read. So anyway, those are my little bonus books. Go ahead and check them out. It was A Psalm for the Wild Built by Becky Chambers and Clara and the Sun by Kazuo Ishiguro. Ooh. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. Check us out on the socials, Facebook and Instagram at Talkin' Shitterature and Twitter at Talk Shitterature. Okay. All right. We'll see y'all next time. Bye. Bye.